Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring Happy Mondays with two-for-one Happy CBD Cocktails, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, CMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. in all the glory days. And college athletes didn't get it. I'll stop. Oh, geez. Uh, five after 11. Let's you really get turned it into old man Miller over there. <laughs> I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone. Uh, let's get to, uh, let's talk some baseball. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Hello, Matt Snyder. Trent and Ken, how are you? I'm great. Uh, you know, other than the, the week that the Cubs just put together. Other than that, pretty good. You know, I saw a tweet yesterday, that, but they actually carried the city of Chicago. Yeah. The, the Blackhawks, <laughs> the Bulls, and the White Sox. The Cubs won two games, and that set the bar. And everybody else came in under the bar for the uh, for this past week. Hey, we'll get to the Cubs in a second. I'm anxious to, to pick your brain on this. It, it was a story that... Um, uh, that was I, uh, first I'd heard of it this morning. A, a, a legal Michael McCann, who you may follow on Twitter, he's a sports legal guy. Apparently, there's something coming out that is going to be damning against the New York Yankees that potentially has to do with cheating or, you know, we we all you know we that letter that's that yeah. what it is. So the Astros are the poster boy for the cheating, but apparently the Yankees may have been able to suppress something that is going to uh, see the light of day. This week, what do you know about this? Uh, I mean, uh, that's about it. Okay, there, there's some letter that was sent to them by the league, and they've done everything they can to try to get the league to to not have it be released. And they took it to the Supreme Court, and they got shut down. So at some point this week, the letter that the league sent them is going to get released. So the assumption is it's essentially going to say, you know, we have evidence of you stealing signs using electronic technology, um, which that might be redundant, my bet on that. Uh, <laughs> but something along those lines, which is what the Astros were doing and which is what made the Astros public enemy number one. And it's funny that so many of us knew that it was so much more than the Astros. But since the Astros got caught and Mike Fires was the whistleblower and the league did their investigation, you know, we had there was something with the Red Sox which didn't seem nearly as bad, but there was something yep. else there. Several other high-profile teams we've heard off the record, still off the record, so I can't say anything, right. but it's it's not just the Astros. It's not just the Red Sox. The Yankees, we're going to see something coming out soon. It's not just them. So for me, the, the funny might be the wrong word. The most interesting thing is going to be all these fan bases that have shown such vitriol for right. the Astros. And yeah. the Yankees are a big one. Yeah. I mean, they're chaining Jose, Yankees fans ch- chaining Cheater at Jose Altuve 
because he beat out Aaron Judge for MVP that year, and the Yankees lost in Game 7 of the LCS to them. Uh, if they were doing the same thing that same year, kind of seems like the fans lose all their standing there, doesn't it? It really does. So so let me ask you this, because, again, I don't know. I need to um, become more familiar with what's going on. But why why do they have to release a letter? I mean, who? I don't know that either. Okay. I don't know. It's something with the legal, like it was secret. Uh, I, I haven't delved much into it um, because I've been more into the games and mm-hmm. uh, w- I'm not really a legal person. So yeah. I'm sorry, I don't have an answer for you. On yeah, that. This doesn't seem like freedom of information. I mean, no, it couldn't be that, but I wonder if it's something with their antitrust exemption. Oh, maybe. Something that falls in the parameters of that. Again, we're. You are and I are way over <laughs> yes. the tips of our skis. Here. Let's get back to where we <laughs> Thank know. You. And that is between the lines. The talking baseball here with Matt Snyder. Matt. A great weekend for the team that I root for, the Minnesota Twins. But Byron Buxton, an incredible four-hit game on Saturday. The walk-off yesterday, I think the home run he had to tie the game earlier was maybe even more impressive than that walk-off that he was shortchanged at 469 feet. We know it is always the caveat. When healthy, Byron Buxton, MVP candidate, on and on and on. He was hurt just a week ago, has come back and has played incredibly well. But he seems like a guy that is so easy to root for. When he had that injury a week ago. Absolutely. So all yeah. the national people say anything but this. Is there anything you can do, though? I mean, it seems like the Twins have done everything. Stop running into walls, Byron. And <laughs> so many of these injuries have been such of a fluky nature. But, boy, when he is right, is there a, a more fun player to watch, both offensively and defensively, right now than Buxton? No, absolutely not. And I, I think we've spoken about this before, is like, when it's somebody like Giancarlo Stanton, you can say, hey, quit running. You know, we're, yeah. we're going to DH you. You don't run hard, even when it's a double. If you think you're going to get thrown out when you hit the ball off the wall, just stay at first for a single. You're too valuable in the lineup to, to hurt your legs. When it's Byron Buxton, so much of his value comes from him making incredible defensive plays or him running the bases, which only one stolen base so far this year, but I think it's just because he's dropping bombs and hit doubles. Yep. Uh, you can't really say to Byron Buxton, we're going to put you at DH and stop running. At least not yet. I mean, he's 28 years old. If we get to 34 and we've been through this so many times, maybe you do that. Uh, but but for now, I don't think you can say that because so much of his value comes from how much ground he covers in center field, the way he runs the bases, the stolen base threat that he is. So you can't really try to tamp that down. So I think you're right in that the only thing you say is like, hey, man, don't run into the wall. <laughs> Other than that, we, you just cross your fingers and hope if anything happens, it's a minor situation like it was after that slight at second base in Boston. And, hey, we thought it wasn't serious because he hopped on both legs. Yeah. Like I believe, was, like like I said last week, like I've torn my ACL before, and you can definitely walk off the field on it, but I sure wasn't hopping mm-hmm. on it. So that's why I was like, all right, this isn't that bad. He just hopped on both legs. Hopefully that's all we see this year in that he can play 135-ish. I mean, if he plays 135, he's probably going to win MVP. That's how good he is. The Twins have not hit the ball incredibly well outside of Buxton. Carlos Correa has really struggled, but the starting pitching has been a lot better, I think, than anybody could have anticipated coming into the season. You look at some of those kind of, uh, let's hope, Dylan Bundy, he's been excellent. Dylan Bundy. Yeah, Archer has been very solid. It just, it seems like it's coming together, and Joe Ryan... Boy, he doesn't throw hard, but he just knows how to pitch at 24 years old. He is just a fun guy to watch out there. This Twins team, do you believe they're for real? It's April 25th. 
Well, it, it depends on what we're talking about. If we were saying like 95 to 100 wins, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Right. But they're 8-8 eight eight right now. Uh, are they 500 for real? Yeah, probably better than that. Uh, they just got off to a tough start, but it was a tough start to the season. I mean, it was a shortened spring training. It was really cold in Minnesota. Uh, they had to deal with the Dodgers when Clayton Kershaw almost threw a perfect game early. Uh Getting that series in Boston where you wrap around the weekend and you have that 11 a.m. Patriots they start, that's never easy for the opponent. They split that four-game series. I think they had kind of a rough schedule to start the season. And with the way they tried to throw that pitching staff together with a shortened spring training to be 500 right now, I think you've got to be ecstatic. So uh, mid to high 80s and wins, absolutely possible. Yeah, and, and like Korea, I'm not worried about him. He'll get it going. And I do think there's something to... I remember it was a few years back. Of course, I always remember the Cubs better than everybody yeah. else. Uh, that, that's the burden I carry, I guess. But John Lester talked about how probably his most difficult season in terms of performance only, you know, not, not like with the cancer and everything, but just in terms of performance, he said was 2015 because he just signed that huge deal and he put so much pressure on himself to be the best he's ever been just because he signed that big deal. And now every time somebody else does that, I think about it. And so with Correa, maybe it's just a slump to start the year. Maybe there's a little something of that, too, you know? I miss John Lester. Glove tucked under his right hand, tucked under his chin. He was good. You know, this Cubs team, Trent and I have been uh, just crossing our fingers that they're relevant. I I go into August. Trent says, just get us to the middle of July. I'm now starting to wonder, (laughs) can can they get the Memorial Day be, be relevant? Their two best pitchers are out of the bullpen. Robertson and Keegan Thompson's been unbelievable. Keegan's amazing. He really and truly is. Nico Horner is off to a terrific start. They might have the rookie of the year in Suzuki. But to lose three out of the four to the Pirates uh, at home, and oh, by the way, here comes Atlanta and Milwaukee. This is a... This might be an awful week for the Cubs if it goes as bad as it, as it um, seemingly could, again, on the heels of losing three or four to the Buccos. Where are you on this Cubs team? They scored 21 on Saturday, but, boy, really struggled to score runs on Thursday, Friday, and yesterday. Well, I think it's going to be a lot of just what we've seen so far. I mean, they, they did take two of, four, two of three from the Brewers. They they split in Colorado, who's 10-5 and five right now, and the, the Rockies took two of three at home from the Dodgers. And uh, they're all, they're always usually one of the best team home teams in baseball. They were six and four through ten, and then now they've lost five of six. Uh, I think it'll be a lot of that. I, I think it's just going to be really inconsistent. I wouldn't be surprised to see them lose all six on this road trip to Atlanta, Milwaukee. I wouldn't be surprised to see them go something like four and two. I think they're just going to be really weird and tough to predict all season. Um, and the, given where they are, and that it's kind of a soft rebuild. Um, they have some interesting players. You're going to get inconsistencies. I don't think anybody would have expected 21 nothing in a series where they lost three or four to the Pirates. But uh, maybe it's a microcosm for how the season's going to go. It's, they're going to surprise you on a daily basis, whether it's good or bad. You mentioned the Brewers, and the Brewers lose two out of three to the Phillies. But boy, the ending of that game, really the whole mm-hmm. game, Angel Hernandez was nothing short of Abysmal. awful once again. Uh, Schwarber gets ejected from the game, and I just wanted to watch. I watched more of that game than I anticipated, just because I thought it was cool that the Brewers and Phillies were actually playing a Sunday night baseball game, a little yeah, new blood yeah. in there, which for me was a good thing, and, and seeing kind of the national perspective of both of those squads. But Angel Hernandez, how's this guy keep getting work? He sues the league. 
That's a good question. I mean, if it, you went on merit, and I know they grade the guys, especially based yep. on strike zone, now that they have the ability to automate whether the guys are doing a good job or bad job on strikes, you would think at some time, at some point in time, they would send him off to retirement. It's not like he's young. Right. It's not like you're firing a 32-year-old or something. Uh, that was bad. I mean, I think the Gene Segura one sticks out much mm-hmm. more than Schwarber because base is loaded in a game that ends up, uh, was it 3-1? It was either 3-1 well, or 3-1 count. Oh, yeah, the count, yeah. The count, yeah. It was a one nothing game, but with bases loaded, and there were three balls. And that thing was in on his hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with, mm-hmm. when there's a two-scene fastball moving like that, which is tough to see. Well, you're supposed to see that when you're a Major League Baseball umpire. And that kind of started inside and just kept running in on his hand. Uh, you're affecting games at that point. Yep. And, and, like, Swarber, that brings the go-ahead run to the plate. Uh, and I know, Hater, it's tough to do anything against him, but you never know what's going to happen. And a lineup as powerful as the Phillies. At least in theory, they haven't been too powerful to this point. But one swing of the bat, especially if Schwarber gets on via walk, one swing of the bat, the Phillies walk that thing off. That's too big of a call to miss, and he missed it. It's obvious. Uh, I, I will say I rather enjoyed that we got the Schwarber ejection out of that. That was that awesome. Was one of probably the best player ejection we'll see all year. Yeah. Yep. Probably my favorite part is when he, he's pointing to both dugouts, right? Basically saying like. It's not all about me. You've been screwing both teams all game. <laughs> no, he's speaking for everybody. I he totally was, agree with you. Yes. That's a, that will be as good of an ejection as we're going to see. You're missing high. You're missing low. You're missing inside. Yeah. You're missing outside. He points over at the Brewers. You know, it's just not only us. It's them too. Uh, he sued the league. Was it racism based when he sued? Didn't he think he yeah. was getting passed over for playoff assignments and played the race card in his suit? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. It was not enough playoff assignments for, for umpires of color. And, hey, you know what? Maybe there was merit to that, and, you know, you'd have to go through year after year. Right. And I believe the lawsuit got tossed out. But if you wanted to make an argument years ago, even decades ago, surely it was Not anymore with but the even, technology. Yeah, but, I mean, there, there might have been an argument there. I just... Somebody with better credibility has to be the one that brings that. Yep. Not a guy who picks fights with players, who tosses guys. He he has now the Schwarber ejection again was very earned, but he generally has such a short fuse mm-hmm. on tossing people thin skin out there, and usually just a general rule when somebody has skin that thin, it's for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's been one of the worst umpires in, in the league for years. So I just. If there was something there, and I don't doubt that there was, it just feels like somebody with better credibility should have been the one who brought it. Trent? Well, umpires aside, replay system, now in the works. We get the announcement from the official what actually happened there. Mm -hmm. You got the K-Zone that continues to advance and uh, that creates its own set. Robo-umpires, though, when we look towards the future... Is that a reality? Are, are we trending that direction when it feels like a conversation like this, maybe not as major as last night and it being Sunday night baseball, I'm sure kind of took it to another level, but where are we right now as we trend towards more and more people maybe wanting to see robo-umpires back there? Well, with all the testing on the automated umpires, one of the problems that we've run into is the very bottom of the zone 
you stuff like these pitchers that are finding a way to throw dropping stuff mm-hmm. that barely, barely, barely clips just the front part of the zone and then like hits the back end of home plate. And almost everybody agrees while the letter of the law might say that's a strike, it, it feels like it shouldn't be. And it kind of feels like one of those plays where like the, if somebody gets a double and while the tag's on them and they have like their hands on one side of the base and their knees on the other side of the base, they're separated from her for like a split second and it's like an unintended consequence. That So I, I think where we're headed is more something that you could challenge a ball or a strike and the umpire can look at whatever you want to call it, a K-zone or whatever, and then overturn it at his discretion. So if you're doing one of those little clippy things at the front of the zone, he can be like, yeah, that's not a strike. But if it's something like the hater pitch to Segura last night, mm-hmm. the Phillies could challenge that, and they could go look at it really fast and say, okay, yeah, that's a ball. Interesting. I didn't see that pitch now. I, I, I wish I would have. Uh, last thing for me, uh, the biggest positive surprise in baseball as we approach what the well, the end of the first month and teams when we talk next will have all played over 20 games. Is, is it the Rockies? Are they the biggest positive surprise in baseball? Yes. Yeah, either them or I, I think a lot of us thought that this team was going to be pretty good and was going to contend but not necessarily be sitting in first place. Right now, so what about the Seattle Mariners yeah. being ten and six after an eight and two home stand where they won a series from the Astros? Uh, Ty France, right now, man, uh, he'd be in the MVP conversation with Buxton. This is a guy who was a thirty fourth rounder a few years ago. Was he really? He got traded to the he got traded to the Mariners in the seven player deal where the biggest name was Austin Nola uh, <laughs> from the Padres, and now he's Ty France sitting there looking like one of the best hitters in the league. Uh, Mariners in one league, uh, Rockies in the other, I think would be the answers there. And what's funny, other than those, I don't know how many like pleasant surprises there are. Almost everybody else who's good, we expected them to be good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Mets have the biggest lead in baseball. I'm not sure I saw that coming. Um, yeah. And now, that was more because we thought like the Braves would be better and maybe yes. the Phillies would be a little better. Yep. Yeah, indeed. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Trent, one more? Yeah, I want to get you out on this. Miguel Cabrera gets his 3,000th yeah, hit over the weekend. And just an overview, remembering him from going up as a 19-year-old in the World Series with the Marlins to a guy that is going to go down as an all-timer. Just your memories and your thoughts of what Miguel Cabrera meant for this game over the last 15-plus years. Yeah, I, I I wrote something about it in the Tigers' entry in the power rankings. Like, I remember when he first came up, the phenom over there, and, and one of the things that always stuck with me in the 2003 NLCS against the Cubs was he hit a, a pitch, I believe it was a home run in Game 7, first in in Game 7 against Kerry Wood, that was, like, low and inside, like, shin high, way inside, and he still hit a home run on it, and I just thought, man, this kid is special. Hmm. And then in my second year at CBS, he won the Triple Crown. The Tigers were in the World Series. Um, and now to see him, how he doesn't have much power at all. His first at-bat on Friday was like a routine fly-out. And right when I saw it off the bat, I thought, you know what? That was a home run five years ago. Yeah. But he doesn't, have that, he doesn't have that gear anymore. But he's still getting his fair share of singles. Like he, he's kind of – he's such a professional hitter – even without his power. And it's funny because, like, Poole's never lost his power. He just lost everything else. Cabrera's been the opposite. He, he lost his power, and he still has, like, the strike zone. He can still slap it the other way. Uh, 
I think just appreciating that evolution, and I think everybody who's been a baseball fan, as long as we have, has similar memories from start to getting close to the finish with Cabrera. And uh, I guess the the main thing I would say is it's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. such a likable guy yep. for such a, such a long, long, long time. Uh, we're all going to remember him as one of the best to ever do it. Yep, I agree. Matt Snyder, we'll talk to you in a week's time, Matt. Thank you. All right, have a good one, guys. Do the same. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Twins were the biggest mover uh, in his power rankings. He moved up nine spots. Nine spots Now it's to a product of where we are in the season. Number 12? To number 14. Number 14. Yeah. He's got three teams at the top, all nationally. Can you name them in order? Dodgers. One. Mets. Two. Giants. Three. All right. And then the good guys at four. The Blue Jays. <laughs> uh, it's 11.25. We will be joined by Nick Oson next. Talk a little Iowa State with Nick Oson as we take you up until noon. Of course, it is the NFL draft coming up this week, Trent. We've got to get into that. We should just start the regional teams mm-hmm. uh, at some point this week. You know the betting favorite? Again, he can't participate. Though we cannot offer this in the state of Iowa, wagering on the draft. Trevon Walker is now the consensus favorite uh, amongst uh, in states where you can bet on it. Would you bet on this if you could? Mm. Maybe how many quarterbacks in the first round mm. might that float your boat? There might be something. Yeah, I probably. I mean, yeah, it's it's action. I probably would, but right. it just doesn't have the same. I, I'm kind of with you. Yeah, betting on the NFL draft. I don't know. Yeah, yeah this one doesn't bother and, me. And especially this draft. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, all the teams with multiple picks. Mm-hmm. Uh anyways, all right, time for another thousand dollar home run. Well hit. Uh, go to KXNO.com in this nationwide contest. Once you get there, enter the keyword spring. Spring at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Nick Olson on Iowa State. Trent's play of the day. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3. Do you remember the time that Michael Jordan won the first of his 3 P championships? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866 or online wolfroofing.net. Building a better community doesn't happen overnight. It takes hard work, dedication, and sacrifice. It takes a team, and it takes time. That's why for 75 years, we at NCMIC have been here working for you and with you. But this anniversary, we're not just looking back. We're focusing on the future, on building Iowa, on the better days ahead, and on how together we can all start taking the path forward. Des Moines homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renner's Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renner's Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small flat monthly fee, their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 
so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com. That's renterswarehouse.com. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You can't buy happiness. More done. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Nick Olson in a moment. You know, Jim Peterson, who just tweeted at us, he's 100% right. We don't talk, we don't give the Cardinals enough love when it compares to the others. It's true. It is. We don't watch as much Cardinals That's baseball. That's what it is. I can't, I can't listen to Jim Edmonds. I can't listen to him. Because he won't shut up. <laughs> and since you said that. Yeah, it's true, uh, right? Yes. And the other thing about it, and it's not me, because I don't tweet about Every seemingly three or four times a week, I'm up, I open up my Twitter. Well, no, I don't. It's always open. But I look at the trending, and Jim Edmonds is always trending. Oh, really? And it's all negative. He's a tough listen. But, uh, Jim, you are right. We need to uh, pay more attention to your mm-hmm. car. It's great when they play the Brewers or when they play the Cubs mm-hmm. <laughs> because we can listen to the other broadcasts. Exactly. Uh, let's get to our guy, Nick Olson. He covers Iowa State for 24-7 SportsCycloneAlert.com. How are you, Nick, Trent, and Ken? I'm great, guys. I'm on your show. How are you guys? Uh, doing fine. We appreciate you being on our show. I look forward to being on our show a whole bunch more here as we uh, work our way through until uh, seemingly the long crawl into September. So uh, let's uh, let's start with, um, I guess we should do the collective first of all, and Tyrese Hunter. What are you hearing first of all about Hunter uh, as far as potential destinations? The rumor came out over the weekend um, that Kansas is going to make a major, major push at him. Uh, we know that North Carolina seemingly is out there; they don't even have a scholarship um, open over there any longer, as everybody except Brady Manick is coming back, and they got a bunch of freshmen coming in for their new class. So, what are you hearing? Is uh, what's the buzz? I guess uh, amongst the twenty-four-seven uh, crew as to where Tyrese Hunter is going to end up. Yeah, so I'm, I guess I'm glad things, you know, kind of played out how we expected last week. We said North Carolina didn't really make the most sense. Um, I kind of got some wind on Kansas near the end of, you know, kind of the business week last week, and I looked into it a little more, and I would probably go as far as saying they are the presumptive favorite right now. I don't think, you know, it's over by any means, and I do think that there are some other big schools likely to make a push, but, you know, kind of based on, what's rumored to be important to him as well as the fact that they will need some talent after who the Jayhawks are losing Mm -hmm. and the potential fit defensively. I think that that's pretty likely. And wow, that might be a real, you know, kind of firestorm here and around Ames. If that really happens. One thing to go to North Carolina, another to be playing for a conference (laughs) rival and one that has their own set of ramifications there. Yeah, that would, just imagine that trip back to Hilton next uh, winter. That will be certainly an environment if it plays out that direction. Well, a couple of big uh, recruits still out there in the transfer portal. A.J. Green going to go through the process here. Still probably going to be a while before we hear anything definitive of the former Panther. But a couple other guys out there know what there's a right State guy, a couple others. What can you tell us in the transfer portal, which is always crazy? Any latest news from the basketball front? Yeah, actually some Pretty big news. Um, there is a guard that spent some time with the uh, with the Bonnies, St. Bonaventure, 
Uh, Jaron Holmes is actually here and around campus uh, today. He is visiting. Um, so we're going to see how that goes. Obviously looking to shore up, you know, some of the guards that have left. Brockington, now Tyrese Hunter. Uh, I do think A.J. Green could be a legitimate possibility down the line, as we've alluded to a little bit. Mm-hmm. Obviously he wasn't in the portal yet. And then, yeah, uh, Basili out of Wright State, will yeah. be visiting near the end of this week. Rumored that he really likes, uh, you know, kind of some teams in the ACC. Notre Dame's been consistent. Uh, Virginia Tech has made some noise with him as well. But Iowa State is expected to, you know, host him later this week. And that'd be a huge get at this point because the fit, you know, whether or not the Cyclones get A.J. Green, I think to have a player like that in the post, you know, with a Kelsher, Jazz Koontz, and then now Jeremiah Williams, I think that'd be a real great pickup. I'd be, you know, maybe a little surprised at this point, but certainly not too much of a shocker since he will be making the trip here to Ames in a few days. You know, when when you uh, when it comes to A.J. Green, obviously we know he's going to test the NBA waters. If there isn't uh, an NBA um, a positive feedback that comes his way. Have you heard that if there if there's no blue blood? I mean, like a like a true blue blood, like a Duke, for instance. Duke was sniffing around. There was the rumblings over the weekend. Was there? Yeah. So does it seem like you know NBA is one, blue blood is two, and then uh, if neither of those first two options work out, then Ames is where he's going to be. How 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 much are you hearing that the the blue blood is a factor? Should there be an offer from a school that fits that criteria? Yeah, I think Duke is you know kind of in a realm of its own potentially because he went on um, you know kind of a recent podcast. It's a smaller one. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting what that is called to, to whoever the hosts were. But he mentioned Duke was you know kind of a dream school of his growing up. However, I'm not sure what the interest level is there. I know that if he does come back to college, he'll want to be the man, right, to kind of get, you know, that experience, the the scoring, the ability to lead a team, to show NBA squads that he can do that, as well as, you know, I've kind of heard that he really likes the area. I mean, this is not, you know, a big surprise, but he likes being around here. I know he's very close with his family, you know, not just his, his dad who happens to be a coach, uh, in the Big 12, but obviously, you know, his mom too. And so I'm not really sure I would necessarily put Blue Bloods ahead of Iowa State even. I think hmm. that NBA is, is clear and above what he wants to do, and that totally makes sense. He's gone on record saying that as well. But otherwise, you know, I, I really do think, and I've, I've put it on my board so it's nothing too breaking, I do think if he plays college basketball, Iowa State has legitimately at least as good of a shot as anyone to have green on the squad this season well working of course to get the nil in place it is in place now for iowa state what can you tell us about all in what you've heard about this and and the collective that looks like it's going to be for football and men's basketball we will you mean we will yeah 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 so that obviously went live you know in in the last couple days and I, i spoke with someone you know somewhat involved uh with that at least on the cusp of it and he tells me that you know, kind of the goal is really good, and it was about time to basically get this thing rolling. But I think that eventually there has to be some type of, you know, middle ground where not so much of the onus and responsibility is on the fans yes. to make those donations. Totally you guys, agree. You guys are feeling that too? Yep, totally agree. Uh, I mean, you can only ask so much, I think, of them, right? To buy, to everybody's financial threshold is different, but I don't know why it's going to be up to the fans. Uh, look, I get the, the, their love for their school, and they want to do what they can to try and keep their guys. 
But may, maybe maybe it would be for easier for me to swallow if indeed it was coming from the schools. If they were, you know, writing that check out of the uh, out of the huge amount of money that they. I mean, for God's sakes, the Big Ten schools are each about to get a hundred million dollars a year, a year just from TV, just from TV. Yeah. And and we're going to ask fans to keep paying more. Enough is enough. I completely agree. I mean, we we've said on this show even just last week it's a changing landscape, but. There's just got to be something that, you know, kind of makes things maybe not equal, but at least better or more applicable for everybody. Because, look, it's a wonderful idea, and I think that many fans, especially that might be in some better spots financially, can make a difference. But those types of people in that small group aren't going to make up the difference that you're seeing when compared to a Big Ten or an SEC especially in the football market. Absolutely. Look, look at the upper deck. Those are the folks that, you know, they, 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 they scrape and claw to, to be able to go and sit, you know, far away from the court just because they want to be a part of it. Asking them for, you know, 25 or 35 or whatever you can do. I don't know. Anyways, I'm pissed off. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. I'll still be watching, and I'll still be talking about it, and I'll be just fine with it. But it's a changing landscape. you got to evolve or die. That's the old adage, and it looks like there's a lot of programs certainly out there. A newsy item, and you can fill us in here a little bit, Nick, about what it means, if anything, to the athletic realm. The announcement last week that Iowa State is leaving the AAU, what that means, is there any trickle-down effect here to athletics as you look at it? Yeah, it's a really good way to put it, Trent. I think in the short term, other than maybe, um, you know, let's say a recruit here and there that really values academics, which there are a lot of those players. Mm -hmm. Other than that, short term, I don't believe so. However, long term, if there's a culmination of not having enough academic resources, falling out of the AAU, and falling behind in some of this NIL coverage like we touch on, you know, I, I'm honest on the show. I do think that really could hurt in the long run. Yeah. Now, do I think that'll happen? Not necessarily. I think that things can move a little more slowly, and there are a lot of smart, um, you know, kind of reasonable, skillful people around that are going to do what they can to prevent those types of things. But, I mean, with the news between, you know, Hunter and some of this money being thrown around and then falling out of the AAU academically – I think it was a really tough week and, and pill to swallow for people around the Iowa State community, and mm-hmm. something needs to be done. And I, I'd consider myself as much into academics, you know, in many ways as I am in athletics, and I was disappointed, you know, to see that for a school that obviously I cover because you, you can't have things like that happen in the long run and not stay with, with the rivals, whether it's Iowa in the state or other Big 12 schools or Big 10 known very well to be academically. I think that, you know, there kind of has to continue to be this focus on research, agriculture, energy around the campus. But I do think it could hurt long run. Yes, I do. Uh, Nick, uh, last last thing for me. Uh, last week there was so much that came up uh, with the Hunter news that had broken over the weekend uh, that we never recapped really the final practice that you guys were able to. Uh, well, they opened it up to everybody, fans and media alike. Give us a name or two that, uh, you know, back in March when this uh, when spring practice started, um, that as spring practice went along and as you guys are getting an opportunity to talk to assistant coaches, that this name kept coming up over and over again. And then when you saw them at uh, one of the two open practices, that, that you understood why people were talking about him. Does somebody uh, fit that boat? 
Yeah, I'll give you one on each side of the ball. Uh, one that I had, you know, kind of expected to hear some of, and that certainly uh, met the expectations. And that's true freshman wideout Greg Gaines. Uh, he, you know, kind of got some notoriety really before we even got to see a practice. I just think he's so focused, a uh, hard worker, technique. He's going to impress. He will, if not start, certainly get some run this season. Probably the most talented receiver, one of the most talented players on the team, other than, you know, maybe a Hutchinson or Will McDonald. And then on defense, this is one that I didn't hear as much of going into these practices, and now I have. Cornerback Miles Purchase. He got, you know, some time. Sometime, uh, yeah. yeah. He's got, obviously, the technique, athleticism, and, you know, truly the talent, but he seems to have really put it all together, even taking on a little bit more of a vocal role in that defensive backfield. Um, you know, I've spoken with his family a little bit, so I'll say I'm, he's someone I'm not only, you know, rooting for, uh, per se, from afar, but really excited to see what he can do in a group that I've, I've gone on record as saying, you know, the cornerbacks and the running backs, Probably the deepest groups on this year's team. Is he number fifteen? Was he fifteen last year? Do you remember? I don't know. He, last year, I believe so, but I, I think he changed his number. Did he? Season. Yeah, I remember him a little bit from last year. Like you're right, he did uh, pop a couple of times. But uh, good to know, Nick. Great stuff. Thank you. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Nick Olson, twenty four seven Sports CycloneAlert dot com. Should be a busy week as the transfer deadline. If you want to play, uh, if you want to take advantage of your free year, you have to do so by Sunday, or you're going to have to sit out a year. So it should be a busy week at CycloneAlert dot com. Nick, thank you. Thank you so much, guys. See you next week. Yep, talk to you next week. Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports. You mentioned that deadline. I did read an article last night that said that there's many people, though, that believe that the NCAA either will extend it or even if you get your waiver request in after May 1st, really, it still will be allowed. What's gotten into them? They they, they just don't care anymore? Pretty much. I think that's the way. They're just throwing their hands up and saying, "Eh, whatever. Uh, Do whatever you want, right? Well, the NFL it's is like having a teenager, right? It's fine, fine. <laughs> well, not I'm the over first one. At you. Not the first one, but by the time you get to the second or the third, just do whatever just you everyone. want. Um, the NFL is apparently going to do the same. They're about to take over Black Friday. Did you see that? Really? They are going to move into Black Friday on Amazon. Uh huh. But still, I remember we talked about this when the Amazon deal was coming out, and there was a report about the possibility of that happening. Peter King reported that this morning in his column. So that'll be a night game. No, apparently can't be. Oh, has to be an afternoon game, according to Peter. Uh, the the three twenty five window. We got a pretty big Black Friday coming up this year. Of course, we'll again have Iowa Nebraska. Yeah. All the Black Friday games, the yep. rivalry games that are always so much fun. And then there's um, USA versus England. England, versus, yes, in the World in the Cup. World Cup. Mm-hmm. And very well could be maybe the difference between the U.S. advancing and not. Boy. It'd be a big Black Friday. Good thing we don't work on Black Friday, huh? Indeed it is. Uh, the sports betting apps, including Circa, will be very busy that day. Yes. We'll take our time out. Circa sponsors the play of the day. They now sponsor the Las Vegas Golden Knights. They uh, made a big deal out of that over the weekend. Circa is now going to be a part of their uniform going forward. Uh, we'll take a time out. Come back and uh, hear Trent's play of the day next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. All states or situations. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. 
sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day. Presented by Circus Sports Iowa. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. Final couple of minutes here on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Time for Trent's Play of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors the Play of the Day. How did you do over the week by a weekend? I did pretty well. Had uh, what we talked about, I think, Wednesday. Had Sam Burns, and who was his teammate, in the golf tournament. They finished second, so that was a very good one. Had a couple of top tens. And also to win, which I hedged out of it, with uh, Xander and company yesterday, so I was able to make a pretty good profit. So in golf. you actually watched golf as much as was going on. Yesterday? Oh yeah, you really? I did? watched quite a bit of golf. I had that. Had huh? the baseball. Had the NBA. NBA was good. Zigzag theory was up in a big time way. And I told you guys last week, I'm using the zigzag theory not just for games, but for players. Mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns, he was part of my same game parlay that I did for the T Wolves game mm-hmm. on it was Saturday awful night. On Thursday it was. He was cat again. And as I dig into that, I'm going to dig back in. So you think he stinks tomorrow? Maybe. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I told you I'm already on Chris Paul, so I'm going to go through box scores and try to remember because just the sheer volume of these NBA playoffs right now and all these series, for the most part, being compelling. Got to remember, all right, was that? Yeah, that was the last game that that happened. Okay, and go back the other way. So I'll do that, but tonight we're going to get a gentleman's game. Yep. Nets are going to get the win. Do you think they get them tonight? They're going to get them. Goes back to Boston, all right? Lay a point. They'll get it, and then the Celtics will crush them in Game 5. How is Dallas only favored by two and a half, three, depending on where you're shopping? Luka that, makes such a difference. That seems, it seems too good to be true. The Jets should not have won that game. Nope, I they agree. should not have won that game Saturday. Yep. Now it's back in Dallas. Luka's got his feet underneath him a little bit. Mm-hmm. It feels almost too good to be true. I'm going to fall Hulkley in a sacred fort, and I'm going to I'm going to play the public with this one. Give me the, the Mavs minus the two and a half, and then a lot of baseball, a lot of dogs jumping out to me here today. All right, Giants are at the Brewers. I'll be watching that one because we get an early start, five ten. That's nice. That'll be where the TV will start here, the early uh, late afternoon, and early. Evening. Burns pitches for the Brewers, but still plus one seventy two with the Giants playing that, well, Trent. That's They're too much. Well. That's too much. Against Burns, I'm going to play the Giants in that mm-hmm. one. Same thing. The Rockies are going to Philadelphia. Rockies playing good baseball. And I get them at plus 168. I, I Betting underdogs at that kind of price can get dangerous in baseball. But there are just a lot that jumped out. Same thing with the Cardinals. I said it last week when they played the Marlins. Yeah, I'm getting the Cardinals plus money. I'm getting them at home against the Mets at plus 145. Give me the Cardinals too. So a lot of dogs in baseball today. We're going with two favorites in the NBA. You are betting against Max Scherzer. That's all right. He can give up a run. He's not pitching nine. Nope. nope. Well, maybe. We'll see. All right, that uh, will do it today. Another busy day in sports. I'm going to be on Brooklyn-Boston. I had that series, something about it. This this Celtics team, they're good. So good defensively. Oh, my gosh. Smart. Did you think he was going to have the career he did? (laughs) I didn't either. And he didn't start out like this. I don't think. He struggled to begin with. He's a point guard now. He's so good. Anyways, that'll do it for us. Murph and Andy, they slide in here at 1. The Fanatics at 3. We're Miller and Condon. You can hear Trent and I every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.